everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Success Codes podcast. I'm your host, Melinda Van Fleet, and I'm an energetic and intuitive business and leadership mentor, and I'm so grateful that you joined us today. I have a returning guest. You may or may not remember my very good friend, Astrid Zayas. She was on episode 50 back in October. So I definitely want you to go back and rewatch that episode because she shared a lot about her journey and what she does. And she's a self-expression guide. And she helps women express themselves through art and the exploration of their self-image. So welcome back, Astrid. So amazing to have you on this show. Thank you so much for the invitation and for offering your platform to talk about this hot topic. Mm -hmm. And the topic we're going to be talking about today, which is an extremely hot topic. It's a powerful topic. I have the chills already. And that is young women, I'm going to say, um, you can bucket them as kids, girls, but really they're, they're approaching their young, they're in their young adult years, being obsessed <laughs> with face serums, face masks, and creams, not even washes. It's more of like the, the serum, the anti-aging aspect of beauty care. And how this conversation got started with Astrid and I is if you follow either of us on LinkedIn, she shared a article that was posted on today.com and I'm going to read the title. Um, Tweens are going wild in Sephora and parents are getting blamed. And this article was by Rosie Colossi and it was January 18th. And I will also put the link to that article in the show notes and Astrid, why don't you kick it off and share about, you know, why you posted about this and how you made it feel. And then we'll kind of dive in from there. Thank you, Melinda. So I was talking with a friend of mine and she was the one that mentioned it to me. And I'm like, you know what? I need to look, I need to look into this because I have always, not always, you know, I have always, everything is image. And it has been a journey for me to understand the deeper, the the deeper meaning of image, imaginary. Mm -hmm. And so I, I looked it up and, and you know what? I got anguish, Melinda, when I read the article. And, and it's not about blaming. I think we were talking about that. It's not about blaming the parents or blaming, because when we blame, we're just passing, you're to blame. And then you're to, so nobody takes responsibility. It's about understanding why is this happening? Why is, what's happening with the soul of these young girls that they think they need to spend X amount of money to look a certain way. And what is it that we are doing um, as adults and unconsciously that they pick up and then they act this way because I think I also mentioned that before social media, there was a family conditioning. And that's because it triggered, uh, this topic triggers a, a lot in me. I was, I'm a, I'm a daughter. I was a 10 year old girl at some point in my life. And, and I understand, and you know what, it, it's behind, what's the point of, looking beautiful outside when inside you feel inadequate, you feel ugly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's why I posted that because to create awareness, to create awareness, awareness is not about blaming. It's about seeing it and then asking why, why is that what's happening with this soul that needs to do this? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So in general, the context of my podcast, when I have guests from this day forward, so I was so excited to have Astrid back, is it's going to be conversations. And I really wanted to shift the energy around my podcast to having conversations because, you know, we're all mature adults and we all have the essence in us to come from a place of compassion and love 
and being able to share not only our experiences, but our points of view, wherever we are on the journey, I feel is really, really important and something that's really missed out there in the land of podcasting. So I loved when Astrid shared, you know, why she was um, sad when she read the article about, um, you know, the, the young girls in Sephora. And so I had commented on her LinkedIn that I just a week before, it might have been the days before, was at a Sephora in Merrick Park, which is a beautiful shopping area in Coral Gables, Florida. And I went into Sephora like I always do. And the store was jam-packed with teenagers. And I was like, is this like the hangout? And that was the first time it really like hit me. And I was like, oh my gosh, these kids, young adults, are just gathered in Sephora and like hanging out. There are plenty of places to hang out at the mall, like the center of the mall, a coffee shop. But they were literally just in Sephora hanging out. (laughs) So the timing of that couldn't have been more perfect. And a few days prior, I had also been at my very good friend's house here in the Keys, and she has a lovely, beautiful 10-year-old daughter, 10, literally just turned 10 around Christmas time. And she was showing me what she was like obsessed with and having a FaceTime conversation with her fellow 10-year-old friends about, and it was this topic, (laughs) it was skincare. And so I asked her to show me and she is obsessed with this skincare line called Bubble. And Bubble is is not inexpensive. It is, you know, a, a ticket for the skincare line. So the timing of Astrid posting this was just like spot on with what I had seen. And just to in full transparency, because I think this is important as we dive into this, is I am child free. I literally like would put myself in harm's way if I were to have children. And I'm very acceptance of that. I have two beautiful nieces. One is 18 and one is um, 15. And they have never been obsessed with makeup or skincare. They're, They're not really on social media. It's just not their thing. So this was like my first experience into this. Uh, was just witnessing this with someone else's, you know, 10-year-old and then with Sephora. And then further, um, but I am a daughter. So I had experiences as a child that we'll dig into in a second with other trends that were out there and how that affected me in my life and as as a kid. So Astrid, um, how old are you? I'm 53, going to be 54 in March. I do not have kids. And like you said, I, I, I am a daughter. I was 10 years old. I, I have seen how it influenced and it affected me growing up. That image of beauty back then, which, I mean, if we think what was beauty back then, uh, I just, I mean, whatever was on TV. And I can say like Iri Chacon, that's like his a Latin woman that, uh, I mean, her body was a certain type of body. So in my mind, I needed to have that type of body. Mm. And I, I, and I have seen how it influenced and affected me. And, and I have seen, and I see how it influences women, women, our age. And you know what? Sometimes I get, no, you know what? That's a topic for kids. Because I'm, but but then it, it's it's they we adults are doing so many also so many things to themselves. I think we talked that on the, our first conversation that you have a friend that works with this uh, surgeon, plastic surgeon, that he has a psychologist or a psychiatrist in their in their team because of of the big issue. And I think we also talk about the twelve year old that had had implants. And one, I mean, one of the problems that I see is when you act like a, an adult at 10, 12 years old, and then you there they they come there comes a man mm-hmm. and then talks to you in a certain way. Let's say that you have talks to you in a certain way, how are you gonna react? Right. You know, it's like these they are not Mentally, I mean, they're not, I don't, let me see if I can say the 
proper words to act as an adult. I mean, those are things like, yes, to what is it that they're going to do when an adult treats them as an adult and they're 12 years old? And something else that I like to emphasize is when the focus is beauty, only beauty, everything else that you have, that, that you have and all that you are, it disappears because the focus is in beauty. Mm-hmm. Let's say, for example, what if you don't look a certain way? What if you don't follow that beauty? Then who are you? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know what it's like, and I mentioned family conditioning because when we, when we are kids, since we are born, it's, it's, and we are described by words from our parents. You are the smart one. You are the beautiful one. You are the doctor. You are the engineer. And we follow that throughout our lives and we don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. So something in social media is tr- what comes before from the family conditioning is triggering these kids to act a certain way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I was a kid, I can totally relate to that. There's so many places we can go with this conversation. And it was like so massive. But I remember when I was a kid, my uncle and my aunt at the time, he's no longer married to the same woman, um, told me I was chunky. And I grew up as a kid thinking I was fat. I did. And, you know, so again, I'm almost 53. So back then, you know, kids weren't heavy. Like if there was someone in your class that was overweight, it was kind of like a rare thing. Now I, I do think it's definitely a whole other topic that is um pretty massive. But now I look back at a picture of me when I was like in mm-hmm. third grade and I'm like, oh my God, I was not fat at all. <laughs> like why would I ever thought that? Right. But my uncle like implanted that in my head when I was a kid and yeah, I wasn't as thin as the other girls, but I certainly wasn't fat. Right. So we do, we take these imprints of things that people are said, and then we use that like to compare ourselves. And it's really hard to break out of those patterns. Like it's, it's truly, truly hard. And and one of the things, you know, when I was uh, a kid was, and maybe you have this memory too, is like Bonnie Bell lip gloss. Like it was the, the rollers. Did you have like lip smackers and yes. the rollers? <laughs> so like bubble gum and strawberry and, and like lip gloss was like the thing. And then my, my mom sold Avon. And, um, so we had a little, little bit of makeup and then, you know, my mom would say that I would sneak out of the house and, you know, put some blue eyeshadow on like in seventh grade, little things like that, truly nothing like drastic by any means. And, you know, I became, when I was going through a really hard time in my thirties, lipstick became my addiction. And I was going through a horrible time in my career. I was going through a horrible time with um, my ex, so my ex-boyfriend, you know, prior to Ryan, it was a horrible, horrible experience. I wrote about it in my book, Life and Love Lessons. And I was addicted to lip gloss. And so I would stop at the mall every single night on my way home from work and buy a, you know, Chanel and not cheap stuff. Like I was like Chanel, Lancome, like all the brands in the department store, NARS. And I had like tubs and tubs and tubs of lip gloss. And, you know, these patterns show up like later in life even. So you may, you may think, you know, oh, it's cute that my daughter is, you know, into this, right? And I've seen some, you know, uh, reels that are like, oh, you know, I'm the one still using Neutrogena or, you know, um, what's another one that's more of a, you know, oil of Olay and, and my daughter's using, you know, JLo's stuff, you know, like, like it's, you know, you laugh at the real, but what is that really going to do over time is, is the bigger question, you know, and then unwiring those beliefs 
that have been implanted is really hard work. <laughs> so totally. totally, Melinda. I've been, I've been working on my own self-image through psychoanalysis. I think I mentioned that. And it's too like for let me give you an example. I, growing up, I heard a lot of bullying towards obese people. Mm-hmm. And in my leader, as a little girl, I was like, okay, this is what I heard. I cannot be like that because if I am like that, they're gonna talk, they're gonna refer to me in that way. Mm-hmm. They're gonna talk about me in that tone. Those are the things that I talk about, like the subtleness of the things that regarding the image that we don't even know, that are unconscious to us. And you know what? Also, I I am blonde. I have green eyes. I was born in Puerto Rico. And, oh, Astrid, beautiful Astrid, blonde and green eyes. That's all I saw. You know what? I never saw my creativity, and I am extremely creative, and I'm thankful that I was able to rediscover my creativity but I never thought I was creative. I was only Astrid. Oh, Astrid, look at Astrid, blonde and green eyes. I remember a boyfriend that I had, and I think I said that this before. He's like, oh, yeah, Astrid. And he will introduce me like that. And I thought that people loved me because I was blonde and green eyes. I And you notice it, it's... <laughs> it's and okay yes and that brings me to today that I'm going to be 54 years old and see how we I mean the cult to be young and see how actresses are suffering and we nobody talks about this about getting old you know what like here you know what it's like and now that we are in camera now that I'm doing videos now on that you know what everything is an image I'm seeing my image I'm seeing I'm seeing your image and he's like, and I had that light. <laughs> good lighting. <laughs> good lighting. You have to have good lighting. And you know what? It's like sometimes it's like, I'm like, oh, no, I don't look beautiful here. And, and you know what? It's like, and even in, in, when I do my art classes, can you see the beauty in what you create? Can you see the beauty in yourself? Mm-hmm. Can you see the beauty? I was reading something this morning about, from the book Saturn, from Liz Green, how we all need to, find our expression in in creativity and it could be like creativity i mean emotional creativity intelligent intelligence creativity art creativity and and your kids can you see the beauty in your kids yeah yes so i mean it, it's thank you for sharing what you share it's it's a very it's a thank you for opening your heart and and so for me, and I see the suffering in, in women in my family, I see the suffering, you know what, I'm, I'm like this person 59 and, and I have wrinkles. So what can I do? So I don't have these wrinkles. And what can I? And it's like when the focus is outside and not inside. I mean, what's the point? What's yeah. the point? I see it. I see like and, and again, it's not about judging. It's about asking yourself, why is it that I need to do this? Why is it that I need to add, I'm going to say maybe Botox. Is it that I don't feel seen by my partner, by my loving partner? Is it that I don't, I'm not seeing myself? And those are the questions that I am inviting women, people to ask. Why is it that a 10-year-old needs to go to Sephora and spend $1,000 in products? What's going on with her? I, am I seeing her? Am I listening to her? You know, it's, a, and it's an act of self-love towards ourselves to be aware and to not only, oh, have a moment here in my mind, but then tomorrow I forgot because that's what happens. Today I have an aha moment and tomorrow out the door I repeat the same thing. What do you think? That's <laughs> like an epidemic. that's like that's my whole thing right now with the wellness vibe is like everyone thinks they can go to like yoga or go to a sound bowl or and then and then they get back in their car and and like zero has changed it's like my big bugaboo so yes you you are 100% correct you are 100% correct but what's interesting too is 
the you know you mentioned the thousand dollars at Sephora and that was you know something that the article was about was the the money and then the you know parents getting blamed or moms getting blamed and then you know if someone's at the counter and the mom says put it back like that whole con um conversation around money is in my opinion even bigger in a way because that's where all these like patterns of what's been said to you, right? Like mm-hmm. can really, really jack you up. And 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 that's like when I look at my childhood and, you know, we had trends. So not just the lip gloss, but um, do you remember like Forenza sweaters and designer jeans? And, and, and then we had like these um, where I lived in South side of Chicago. So I don't know if this was a regional thing, but there were like these handbags and they had a unicorn on them. And they were like these unicorn bags and they came in all different colors and they were at the um, local shoe store. And I worked since I was 14 years old, plus had an allowance and my parents didn't buy me anything. Like I had to buy, like if I wanted that lip gloss, I had to buy it. And I could get something like for my birthday or Christmas, but it was only be like one. So this girl I grew up with named Tammy, her mom would buy her like three, would buy her like five. So she always had like a lot of the thing that was the trend. And there's a lot packed in this, but where I'm going with this is all of that, like conversations and being um, restricted and and in, com- in combination with having to earn the money to buy it, like all of those patterns and this jig jag of like then seeing my mom being a shopaholic and buying whatever she wanted and, um, you know, a lot of financial things in that, like created like a total shit storm of money challenges for me in my adult life. Like understanding lack, understanding um, earning, understanding saving. My father did a horrible job of um, teaching us, my sister, my brother and I, about anything financial. Everything was just like, save your money. Well, like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, it meant nothing, right? Um, and then seeing my mom spend and then hold, restrict from us. And just like this whole, like, again, it was a shitstorm. And I've been un like wiring all of that conditioning in my life like it's truly been a journey which I know now I can really help other people with right everything like our lessons become things we can help others with obviously that's why we're doing this podcast too but I when I read that article and I saw the money like the dollar amounts you know the seven hundred dollars the five hundred dollars like these kids have no concept of money like they have no concept and they've no teaching. How do they learn about money? Like there's truly no concept. So, you know, it's really focused right now on this specific item. But like I said, when, when I was a kid, you know, it was friends, of sweaters and it was designer jeans, like the items like flip-flopped, right. As the trend. And, but underlying it was always could be circled back to money, you know, restriction, lack, or, you know, desiring and comparing that the other friend of mine had more. So I think there's just this huge conversation that parents, and I'm not blaming them, need to be just aware of, you know, how is this affecting your child in terms of developing smart money habits, right? And smart money beliefs, so they don't end up like me completely you know, jacked up in my 20s, 30s and 40s, really, before I started to do the work around, you know, what, you know, what happened to me? Like, why, why has my financial um, situation in my life always had these like, you know, extreme ups and downs and, and, um, you know, a lot of, you know, challenges packed into that. You mentioned a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, as I said, there's a lot I, back here. Like I, I can write lot. books on this whole. Yeah, time. no, and I, I, okay, this is what I, I, what came to me. What, what about worth? It has to do about our worth. And let's, I mean, before the, the let's, what's going on with us? 
Mm-hmm. Because as a daughter, I saw a lot without words from my mother. And I translated that whatever, and I still see it in my, my life. And when I'm working in closet with women, I see it there as well. And he said, what is it that we are saying without saying, oh, you know what? I look horrible. Oh, no, no. Look at this. My, my, my hips are big. And you know what? While, all, while the kids are listening to all of that, you being harsh on yourself, they're listening to that. And regarding to be, so start with you, like self-discovery, self-knowledge with you. Mm-hmm. And then about the money is about worth and you know how recently yeah I actually see when you said work like just to our worth I'm as an entrepreneur as an entrepreneur okay and let's you know what I'm trying to unite worth with the image of beauty Mm. okay I know it and the money and then the money okay now I know okay (laughs) so having this image of beauty of looking a certain way objectifies you mm-hmm. I did pharmaceuticals for many years and I positioned myself as an as an object because I was Astrid blonde and green eyes Astrid is not smart I mean I didn't hear that but it's like the emphasis was in how I look that when I was selling I positioned myself as an object Working with doctors, I seduce them. In a, I mean, we're always seducing people because we're selling. It's part of selling. The thing is that I didn't like, I felt, I wanted to be, even with my boyfriends, when they would tell me how beautiful, I'd be like, I want to be seen as smart. <laughs> but it was not then, it was me. I didn't see myself as smart. I saw myself as Astrid Blonde with green eyes. And again, when the importance is in just one thing, and in this case, we're talking about beauty, mm-hmm. everything else you are does not exist. Mm-hmm. And that was how, okay, and about, okay, so let's say we're 60 years old with the quotes being young. Then I hear, yeah, it, it, it's, what are we going to do? Yeah. I mean, do, what are we going to do? It's. Yeah. And I think that the crux of this all with like, if a parent's listening to this and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so struggling this with this with my daughter. And let's say they're, you know, our age or, or younger, and they also have personal experiences, like just having this conversation with them to see, you know, if, if they're really in this like trend of, you know, wanting all this, like, beauty products you know why like really like why do do they have an image challenge that they're you know trying to get over or is it that they're just hanging out with their friends and trying to get like an honest answer about that I think is really important instead of just like laughing it off or getting in a fight about the money or anything like that like just having those honest conversations so you can really see where your daughter's head's at, right? And maybe even sharing, like I did not have this relationship with my mother. So being able to share, if, if you are a mom that went through something like Astrid's experience or my experience that, you know, tied back to lack and a financial like zigzag through my life, you know, being able to share your experience with your daughter, I think is really, really important. Like go out to lunch and get out of the house and and, and have this conversation and not from a lens of, I walk 10 feet in the snow, <laughs> which I think a lot of us Gen Xers have PTSD about from our parents, you know, well, I walk 10 feet in the snow. You shouldn't, you know, have to do that. But from a conversation, right? That's what, you know, we're doing is having a conversation. I didn't have the same experience as Astrid I always felt in my looks, I always felt that I was just like, you know, a C player. Like I wasn't like, like not attractive, but I wasn't the most attractive, right? I was always, how did I put this? Cause I really discovered this when I was a little older. I was always just like 
neutral, like middle, like there was actually a word that I had thought of was like, you know, I was just kind of there. <laughs> I was always the kid that was just kind of there. Like I didn't really like stand out. I didn't really like shrink in the corner. I was just kind of like putzing along, you know, I had some friends I dated, but nothing really like extravagant, you know? So, um, so yeah, so now I, I don't, know if that really shows up for me now some people might say it does but I just kind of still feel like I'm just kind of there but I'm okay with that like I'm good with that right so it's everyone's like journey in terms of um you know their self and you know honestly I just got eyelashes and you know why I love them it's because it saves me a shit ton of time <laughs> So I think understanding like if there's something that you do for beauty reasons, again, this goes back to the conversation, like why do you do it, right? Like are, are you doing it because you you have this pattern of, of um, belief about yourself or are you doing it because you really just save a shit ton of time every day <laughs> mm. <laughs> and you like them, right? So, <laughs> so anyhow. Yeah, and you know what? It, I never felt beautiful. It's, oh, it's even though people said you were so beautiful and you are beautiful, but I'm trying to never fail. You know what? I never felt. No, it's that's what I'm saying. It's like, it doesn't matter. It's it doesn't. I mean, if you don't work on your inside, mm -hmm. what good is looking beautiful, beautiful by definition to whom? Mm -hmm. In Puerto Rico, apparently, then blonde being blonde and green eyes was like, oh. And then I lived in Dominican Republic and then it was also, ah, mm -hmm. but it's like, did I feel beautiful? Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. And you know, it's like, I, it comes to mind Valentine's in Valentine's, they had this, at the school, I went to a Catholic school and they celebrated the, the queen and the king and uh, for the Valentine's. And, and I think that's like continuously perpetuating the beauty standard. I don't know if they still do that in school, but that's like, no, you should look this way. Like a homecoming queen. I remember, I remember doing this. I, I like this guy <laughs> and I knew where he was going to be. And I dressed exactly the way that I knew I was going to get his attention. Mm. And yes. And then I got his attention and then we started, what, I was like, He's there. I'm going to go and I'm going to dress this way, like a little girl with ponytails and blah, blah, blah. And then he jumped. And then after we were we were together, I cut my hair like very short because I didn't want to. But I was the one that was positioning myself as an object, as an object for the other for the other person to be admired. Mm. So, and it's, I say that story because it's, 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 uh, I mean, it's, it's sad because this time, okay, you know what? You like this, but no, I'm going to cut my hair and I wanted to be seen as a smart woman. Yeah. Oh, a creative, wow. And a creative person. And you know what? I come from family, I mean, having a lot of surgeries. So for this and that, and I don't want to get into detail because it's, And I, I, see, I see the pain. I mean, the pain, the suffering, because behind all of this, mm -hmm. there is a lot of suffering. There is a lot of, I, I mean, I'm not being seen by the other. I'm not being heard by the other. And that to put into words by a 10-year-old, it's very hard. And what you're saying is like, or just look at, okay, if I'm having, I'm struggling, let's say, I mean, I'm not, I don't have any kids, but then I'm like, I'm struggling with my my job, let's say, or my relationship. Instead of blaming and looking, I say, like, okay, what is it that I do that I'm doing that I'm attracting this type of person? What is it that I'm doing? Okay, if I'm struggling with my kid, what is it? Okay, so let me look at my own behavior regarding beauty. What are my beliefs regarding beauty? Am I being? I mean, am I doing all these things because of what? Because the kids are paying attention. It's not what you say. It's what you're doing. Mm -hmm. At least. When I was a little girl, it's what I heard mm -hmm. and what I saw that affected me. Yeah, yeah. And it's amazing that more and more people, even though this is so talked about out there, you know, that the things that happened to you before you're six and, you know, the conversations that you witness. Ryan and I just had a big conversation about this the other night, like dinner conversations with him and his 
his, his family, let's say his parents. And then the same thing with me, this was also a conversation in our household at the dinner table was always about my dad getting laid off. Mm. And was my dad going to get laid off or there was another round of layoffs. And that was like constant, like, and, um, my husband went through the same thing. Like his dad was, you know, always like there was some type of job struggle or, or there's some that. And I'm not saying that you should shield your children because it's life. Right. But it's the awareness that that creates a pattern of um, something in your life. And for Ryan, it's always been like a fear of like losing everything, right? Like this fear that someone's going to come and take it all away, which then, you know, blends into, um, you know, competition, right? Competition with other people, like someone's going to take my business. And so really understanding like, how does this show up for you? And that we're all different. So that did not affect me in the same way, even though I, I had that as well with my dad. It didn't affect me in the same way, but I can see him, like I can see Ryan and with compassion understand, you know, why, you know, his patterns have been such, and right? And then when you really see that and you accept it and go, okay, then you got to let it, let it go. <laughs> like, that's the thing that a lot of people aren't doing. Like they're sitting in their mud or their trauma or whatever you want to say. And they're like rehashing it all the time, whether it's in their head or in their belief system, you have to find a way to move forward. But I think just having the conversations around, you know, what, what's going on with your kid and what's your experience been like is so important. And the other thing I just saw the other day in this article, it was in Forbes blew my mind and something you said earlier in this conversation that triggered it to remember was there's this 22 year old on TikTok who's talking about manifestation and she's a millionaire now because she's on TikTok promoting her manifestation courses. She's 22, 22. And what it was that you said that triggered this, this me remembering the story was that you know, you felt like you were known for being beautiful versus being smart or creative. So when you're 22, and she obviously started the journey before she's 22, because she's a millionaire now. So, you know, she had to start a couple of years ago, let's say on TikTok, is she's teaching people that you just like manifest everything in your life, Right. Okay, when you're 22, you need to be like working. You need to be building a career. (laughs) You need to like do the thing. And I'm not trying to judge her because I I haven't watched her content. So it could be the most amazing content for a 22 year old. She could be a very old soul. Like it's really not about her per se. It just really struck me as like, what are we also teaching, you know, young adults that then they latch onto that right? That that's the one and the only thing. And it's like, no, there's so much that goes into manifestation (laughs) and belief systems and how you show up and how you're being and you're only 22. (laughs) Like, How do you even like know all that to teach? So there's many layers there, but that just reminded me of another article I saw that I was like, oh my gosh, you know, and then what are the writers writing about? You know, they're writing about like a hot topic and then there's no like further conversation or context to share about that so I know. and we yeah this it's and this as i actually that article that i posted on linkedin about sephora they briefly mentioned and they are doing this because they're following a tiktok somebody and they want to look like that tiktok person it was briefly mentioned i mean the article was more about blaming Mm-hmm. and finding solutions than than dig, digging deeper and, and to what is their real motive mm-hmm. but they really mentioned that that they are doing all of this because they want to look a certain way and going back to what you were saying it's like asking what is your definition of beauty and and what is it that you are doing yourself as an adult mm-hmm. regard I mean do you see your own beauty mm-hmm. yeah yeah, no, it's true. It's true. And then one more thing on the article thing, actually, that came to me to share. This is a big share. Um, this is so this is my message to all the writers out there. And I'm a writer myself, so I can speak and say this. Be careful what you're writing, because it does put ideas and 
images into these young adults' heads. And I'm speaking from personal experience, and I've never shared this publicly, but I feel really called to share this. But when I, so as I mentioned, my mother was shopaholic and she greatly restricted us from having anything. So I did everything I bought, I had to pay for myself. And when I was 16 or 17, I read an article in a magazine, like 17 magazine, one of those magazines for young adults. And it was about shoplifting. And that article glamorized shoplifting. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, I, and I became a shoplifter. And I was arrested at age 18 for shoplifting. In the summer between my freshman year of college and sophomore year, I went home that summer and I was arrested. And I had to go to court. I went to court by myself and I hid this from my parents. They did find out because the court called my house and we didn't have cell phones back then. So court called my house and my parents did find out. And it really, you know, I don't blame my mother because I don't believe that. So I don't believe this article in the blaming because I do believe in radical self-responsibility. And that's how I lead my life. I always have. And um, even at that age, but I was aware. I was very aware. I was very aware that that created a pattern for me of wanting things that I didn't have the money for. And um, so when I discovered how to shoplift, I was like, well, I'll just steal that. And I was good at it. I was really good. I did for years, years. I had lots of clothes and um, makeup, all sorts of things I stole. Two liters of wine coolers. I was good at that. And um, getting arrested, and this is not to glamorize this, getting arrested was horrible. Like when I got arrested outside the mall, I peed myself. Talk about embarrassing. And going to court, and it was on my record for seven years. Seven years, I had to get it as sponge after seven years. So imagine being in college and every single job interview you go on, you have crippling anxiety about checking that box about, do you have a record? And I was honest on every single job interview interview. And I was so grateful when I got a job out of college and, um, and then I was able to get it expunged. It was horrible. And, um, that article put that idea in my head. So again, I take radical responsibility that no one forced me to shoplift However, the article put the idea in my head and um, it just was like a whole like, like whirlwind from my patterns as a kid watching my mom shop. And she's still a shoplifter to this day. (laughs) She, not shoplifter, uh, shopaholic, she's not a shoplifter, shopaholic to this day. And, um, you know, I've had to work through a lot of things around that. That becomes, you know, guilt. If I want to buy something, am I acting like my mother? If I buy something, am I a shopaholic? If I buy something and getting through that guilt that I'm allowed to buy things like as a mature adult. And um, yeah, there's just a lot that goes in that. So, you know, for anyone out there that is reading these articles, you know, seeing sound bites on television, you know, Be careful what you're watching and be careful what you're consuming because this affects all of us on so many levels, our belief system, how we show up and all those things. So thank you for holding space and let me share that, Astrid. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for sharing, Melinda. Yeah. By all these years later. (laughs) All these years. Yeah. But you know what? It's like, it's all of that. We keep, there's deeper, deeper meanings to all the things that we do and how it influences. And that's what it is. That's why we're doing this, this podcast to create awareness because it's affecting the younger generations and, and even the trends and, and even, yeah, the, all the confusion with fashion and, and social media is affecting the younger generations and it breaks my heart. Yes. It breaks my heart to see that and, and, and my way of, doing something is talking about a teaching mm-hmm. teaching i mean i, I call everything self-expression self-expression classes through art 
or by going in your closet and see how you're expressing yourself with the clothes that you wear, the colors that you wear. And that's, that's how I, that's my mission for a reason. You know what? I think we talk and we work and we do the things that we need to learn ourselves. And for a reason, I became an image consultant. I was thinking about that the other day. It's not about, hi, look, Melinda, you look so pretty. No, it's about helping Melinda look pretty inside also, feel the beauty inside. Because to me, it's like, okay, and you know what I've seen? And if I help you, and I mean, I take you from here to here, you come back to this, to the known, your comfort zone. However, if I talk, I mean, if I see you, we work together in this journey of finding yourself expression in your clothes, Mm-hmm. Then you understand where they come from. And then that would allow you to, that gives you freedom. You know what it's like when I work with my clients, either in their closet or in classes, it gives them freedom to, let's say, to cut a jacket. It's like, you know what I saw? I saw this client that I work with her in her closet. She went to one of my classes and I saw her the other day. She was wearing like a, she caught the sleeves of a sweater, because it doesn't need to I'm like look I love it and you know what the teaching is looking at things in another way in another perspective yes you know what and then I have another client that she cuts now everything Mm -hmm. it's like like giving yourself permission to you know what make mistakes make mistakes and you know what it's like I'm learning learning about it's a process it's a process so it's like wow you know what she's cutting that she's cutting that jacket because she attended me and she feels confident and comfortable to do that and that's and that's what it is is you know what it's not about looking it's it's about looking beauty both I mean aligning your outside with your inside Mm -hmm. yeah yeah no you're you are 100% correct and just for everyone out there Please connect with Astrid. She does workshops and all these really creative, how you think of all these ideas. Again, you are the creative. So yes, I'm giving you full on. Finally, I'm able to see it. Yeah. Sometimes I cannot see the beauty in what I create. So I understand when I have clients that come to my classes and they don't see, they're, they're being competitive. In the class, they're comparing this, themselves, they're being perfectionists. I'm like, okay, I need to look that in myself also. If they're coming to me, it's because that I need to see that in myself too. You know what? I, I posted something yesterday and, and I created and I'm like, oh, I don't like it. You know what? It's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. So for me to see the beauty in what I create has been a process. And to see the beauty in me has been a process also. Yeah, I love that you share that because it's so important. Uh, a lot of coaches talk about duality. And, uh, I agree with that, right? It's, so it's recognizing that, you know, that that little like self judgment, let's say is, is taking a deeper look at that. Right. But still knowing that you're super creative. So it's being able to like hold that you are really creative, but you were like, Oh, why, you know, why did I do that? Right. And then there's levels there that you can go down of just trying to get better. And what's wrong with that? You know, so, you know, so this is all the work. This is all to me. It's the fun part. It's the shit I love to like bust and break and, you know, break ourselves and break the matrix and all the things uh, like that. <laughs> so that's, that's what I love to do. Nobody's uh, <laughs> you know like, I understand that. I understand that. I like the, the breaking. I am a Scorpio ascendant I have a lot in Pisces so that feeling that hurt that's uh-huh. my Pis- Pisces all the things that I have in Pisces talking and the deep the deeper I need to know why <laughs> and you know what it's like it's like when I post I post fun and then I post deep and it's like people might think that I'm crazy because but that's me that's all the colors in my natal chart those are my energies so you're like bursting and, and I like that too I'm like okay let's let's roll our sleeves and <laughs> Why do you wear pink? Why do you wear black, Melinda? I know. It was so I had that purple top on. So I had another, for everyone listening or watching, I had another top on. And then I ended up doing my nails and, um, and then I got like the quick dry all over my top. And, and I have, but when I was putting the purple top on, Astrid's voice like came ah. to my head of like, why are you picking purple, Melinda? 
That's right. That's like, I just really like purple Astrid. So I don't know yeah. if my mental telepathy like went out to you or not, but yeah. it was funny. So then it was like ironic that I got like, you know, this like a quick dry on my top and I just had to change it. So then this was just the next easiest thing to grab. So <laughs> But it happens. Yeah, it happens. When I say that I am an image consultant, people is like, oh, no, I wore this because you were going to be there. I'm like, that. And you know what? Again, it's like, because we're paying attention to the outside. You know what? I want to know the person. I want to see you. You see you. You know what? It's like, okay, like the definition of a safe space. I know what it, I mean, I know what it is because I have experienced it myself when I didn't feel safe. And the definition of seeing somebody, I now I feel I never felt seen. Mm-hmm. I never felt seen in my life. And because it was all my beauty. Mm-hmm. And now I know what that means. I have, I mean, I have a lot of friends, but just like with maybe a couple of fingers, I can say like so that who really sees me. So I don't need, I don't have that need anymore to... I, I don't I don't even know how to say it. I, I I feel seen. I never felt seen in my life because it was all ah. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing and a beautiful share. And I hope that people really like process that for whatever it is out there in the land that you see from this podcast conversation that has affected you in your life and your belief systems. And especially if you're a mom and going to have the conversation with your daughter, um, I hope I have the chills. I hope that you take what Astra just said and really think about it. So thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you. How can people connect with you? And obviously I'll put everything in the show notes, but um, how would you like people to connect with you, Astrid? On Instagram, Astrid Dos Sayas, I think is the best way. And then also on LinkedIn, my information is there. I would, yeah, I would love to continue educating. That's my mission, to teach, to educate others in their self-expression, which could include their self-image or their creativity in art. Yeah, that's awesome. And if you love this podcast, please share If you are on YouTube, please like, comment, subscribe, Um, follow Astrid. She's like me. She shows up consistently on Instagram, LinkedIn. She has a newsletter. So do I. Please reach out to us if you would like to work with us, um, either one or maybe there's something you can think of collaboratively. I am planting seeds always please um, reach out. This is a super important conversation on many levels. We just like scratched the surface and there may be some bigger opportunities and ideas that someone out there may have. And uh, we would love to be a part of that to, as Esther just said, continue the conversation and help more people. So yes, thank you. You're amazing. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks everyone for being here. Bye for now.